0: You have your Bible, stand up and hold your Bible above your head and bear witness of God's word at this same time. Take time to greet somebody around you. Tell them how happy you are to see them here today. And then you may be seated, please. It's always great to see at an early service on Sunday morning such a good crowd assembled here. If you will, take your Bible and turn to the 10th chapter of John, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. When you find your place, say, I have it. When we read John chapter 10, powerful chapter, Jesus was explaining, personifying himself as the shepherd. In John chapter 10, we have several I am statements. But at the beginning of this chapter, we get a picture of Jesus the shepherd. And when we see the shepherd and the sheep, you have to realize that this was a a first-century scene where the shepherds were taking care of their flocks, the way they would lead them from pasture to pasture. As they would gather them together to protect them, they would all be in one place. They would have what they would call a hireling or someone who was there to help them watch over the sheep. The hireling would be at the gate, what they would call the gate or the opening of the sheepfold or the pen, if you will. The shepherd was the only one that could come through that gate. If someone wanted to attack the sheep, they would come through another way. And Jesus explained all these things. But I want you to pay particular attention to these first several verses. John 10 Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth out his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger." This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. And then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. A picture of Jesus the shepherd caring for his sheep. Understand it's simple in this that his sheep are those that follow him. So to follow Jesus you would have to believe and accept him as our savior. Not just know about him but follow him. So many times we We hear a different way to come to God, and last week we spoke about there's only one way. You have to come to God by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You cannot come to God, according to the Scripture, by what you know. You can't come to God by your intellect. You can't come to God by being able to say, I I know historically what the Bible says. You can't come to God by saying, "I, I believe there's a God, and I believe in Jesus, You say, sure you can. No, the Bible says that even the devil believes in Jesus. You have to come to God by believing and accepting it, owning that belief that God is who he says he is. Jesus is our only way to come to God because Jesus lived a sinless life. He sacrificed that life, so we have to accept that sacrifice by asking. It will not come by our good works. We have to rely on Jesus' works, not our own. His works were sinless. Our works are not sinless. So there's only one way to come to him. And to come to him, it will always be because he calls us. We won't decide at a random time in our life, oh, well, I think when I reach this age, I will accept God. After I'm through running, after I'm through doing what I need to do, after I've gotten to this place of comfortableness in my life, no, God calls us and then we have to respond to the call. Amen? Amen. We don't get to choose this. So Jesus here personifies himself as the shepherd and us the sheep. How do we follow him? First by coming to the call, but then by believing and obeying, by going the direction that Jesus the shepherd leads us, by loving the shepherd because we know the shepherd loves us, by by being able to realize that he's going to provide, protect, and take care of us. Don't forget, in verse 11, he said, 10 and 11, that this good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So, this is a common passage of Scripture for us. But in verse 4 and 5, we read something interesting that Jesus said. It says, when he putteth forth his own sheep. That means when he takes them out of this this place they're at, and he leads them. It says that he goes before them. Notice this. He goes before them. Now a lot of western cultures would use and even today use sheep dogs or things to drive sheep, but in the eastern culture the shepherd would go in front of them. And the only way that they would know to go was by listening to his voice. His voice He knew them by name. He called them by name, but he had little sounds that he would make, little things, and they would know that was his voice, but also they would know if someone was trying to lead them another way, because when the sheep got mixed together, they would have to know which way to go. If a stranger called them to go to the flock, well, they knew his voice. They knew his voice because they had been listening to his voice, but they also knew the sound of his voice and the way that he would lead them. And this is the example that we're given here. For they know his voice, verse 4. When he leads them out of the sheepfold or the pen, he leads them on their daily journey to the next pasture. He leads them by going in front of them. And the stranger will they not follow, verse 5, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. Those sheep are only safe if they know they're being led by the shepherd. The key to the sheep's well being and direction in life depends on them knowing the voice of the shepherd. Think about this. The sheep's well being in life depends on them knowing the voice of the shepherd. I would ask you today do you know his voice? Do you know his voice so clearly? You watch these children up here today. It took them one second. And I chose some children that are faithful. They're here every week. Talk to them every week. They didn't just know the sound of my voice. They knew immediately. That voice was telling them something consistent. Now I don't need credit for for what I'm saying. I was giving you an example so that you could be able to see today that, that it's very important even a child to be familiar with the voice of God. There are competing voices in this world. Those voices are speaking all the time. If I really, really want my child to follow God and be under his protection, I would make sure that he is familiar, that she is familiar with the voice of God. They should know the voice of God, more than they would know the voice of their favorite TikTok star, their favorite ball coach, their favorite entertainment, their favorite TV show, their favorite, you know where I'm going with this. They should know the voice of God, not the voice of their pastor, the voice of God. They should be in front of it. They should be consistently in front of it. Yes, they should know this. Children should know it. But we as adults should know it or we're not going to be able to lead the right way. We put ourselves in front of so many other voices, but our biggest competing voice is the voice within. Do you know his voice? I'm surprised today that so many people are saying that they believe that they're doing what God wants. I see churches that are following things that God clearly says are wrong in the Bible. If they're following his voice, there's no way. There's no way they can hold the word of God up against what they're standing for or allowing or compromising to and saying that it's the voice of God leading. They're not. I see people accepting things that God clearly says are wrong. And we see those on a big scale, but understand there's people on a daily or weekly basis that make decisions on maybe even whether to be here or not to be here based on the voice inside of them that's clearly not the voice of God because he wouldn't tell you not to be here. He wouldn't tell you to do some of the things that we do. And if you get away from that voice, you'll begin to listen to these other voices. I can tell you, I did that. Anybody else ever do that? I've done that. There was a period in my life where the voice of God would still continue to try to call, but I was listening to other voices. These voices, well, they weren't these voices that you could audibly hear. There were voices that really told me that I could do what I wanted to do and gave me good reason for it. it. Made sense to me. Even though I knew I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I knew it didn't feel right, but I wasn't going to admit it. As a matter of fact, I would defend it. Can I get a witness? Anybody else? I would defend it. And I hear today sometimes, I, it, it blows my mind, there's something that's clearly and talking with different people going through marriage situations and, and somebody might say well I think you know the Lord did this to where you know I could be able to do this and we could do this listen stop a minute the Lord will never do anything let, never tell you anything that goes against the covenant of marriage he will never tell you anything that supports fornication or adultery he will never leave that's not God's voice don't claim it's God's voice He will never tell you to do something that defiles you and causes you to sin against what he says. He will, that is not God's voice. But people will say, I think God is doing this. I think God is open. It's not God. It's a voice, but it's not Him. He will never contradict Himself. He's the shepherd. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. A couple of things here. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. This is one thing to hear the voice of the shepherd. It's another thing to follow that voice. There are people that will be in here today that will hear it. They hear me saying something, but I'm speaking on behalf of God. They'll hear God calling them to either come to him or come back to him, but it's up to them to follow. God's always been clear, and he used this in scripture. I'll give you some references. You may not have time to turn, but you can write these down. We'll show the passages here, but if you want to turn to them quickly, you can, but Deuteronomy has two places, in Deuteronomy chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 28. Listen, listen as God spoke through Moses, telling the children of Israel this. Deuteronomy 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God. That means follow him, right? And fear him. That means reverence him. Keep his commandments. That means obey him. Obey, listen, obey his what? Voice you shall serve him and cleave unto him. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass, now listen carefully, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. What a great thing. God says, if you listen to my voice and you obey it, not just hear it, but you follow after me, I will bless you. Amazing here. I'm telling you something so vital today. We as Christians miss this. We wonder where this is at in our life, but God promises his blessings to those that hearken unto his voice. And that is not just hear him. That is hear And listen and obey. One of God's most severe judgments that ever came on Israel was when he stopped speaking to them because of their disobedience to him and their rebellion against him. We don't read about this much, but when they went into captivity, and the prophet Amos writes about this. We don't read much out of Amos. But if you were to read Amos chapter 8, verse 11, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. <coughs> saith who? But the Lord God. Listen. Behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. But listen, not a famine of bread or of thirst of water, but of hearing of the word of the Lord. You think it would be bad to have a famine of substance? You think it'd be bad to have a famine of water? Oh, it'd be bad. But the worst famine is when you can't hear the voice of the Lord. He said, this is the punishment. You chose to listen to other voices, so I'm not going to speak. What a judgment. I want you to understand how important his voice is and so. We think, well, the voice of God that speaks. Well, it's not going to sound like that voice that spoke to Moses. Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. We're expecting to hear that audible voice. Now, the voice of God speaks to us in different ways. But do you know if you're truly a, a sheep of Jesus, and this is great news, then you can hear this voice of Jesus who is speaking for God, leading you and directing you. That should have a shouting for joy. If you're truly a sheep, then you can hear his voice. You have that capability. I know that I have been at places in my life where I have been distant from God before years ago, and I thought to myself, God, can I even hear you anymore? But there were so many different competing voices. It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It was that I wasn't listening. But why would I need to hear God's voice? Well, You know, to be led and to be guided through life. You know, what do I do about this situation in life? Well, I'll go ask somebody or I'll Google it to see what I should do. No, that's not going to give you the right advice. What should I do about this situation? Do you know that if you're a sheep, if you're a child of God, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he will give you peace about what to do and what not to do in certain situations. He will lead you and guide you. Should I take this job or should I not take this job? Should I enter into this relationship with this person or not? Should I stay in this relationship or not? Should I buy this home or this car or not? You say, he'll lead you in those things. Absolutely. He just wants you to to know that he can see tomorrow, but you can't. Should I go to church today or tonight or not? You know, I had to throw that in there. How's he going to lead you? He's going to lead you always closer to him. Should I join this particular church or not? How does he answer these questions? Well, he either gives us peace about it or he doesn't give us peace about it. That's his answer always. That's his direction. What about this? Is there something in my life that I'm doing that I shouldn't do? Well, his voice is going to tell me. Or is there something in my life that I'm not doing that I should do? his voice is going to tell me who can answer all these questions accurately most times we think we can but we can't we need his direction we need his everyday peace we need him to determine if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing instead of guessing our way through life or struggling or going down the wrong path for days or weeks or years it's all about do you know his voice Are you one of those people that can say, you know, I can't explain it, but since I got back close to God and I've been faithfully being where I need to be in worship and trying to read my word and praying, I mean, things happen in my life that I just can't explain, but they happen. Anybody, can anybody say that that happens to them? Do you know why? You know, it's not us. It's the voice of God that leads us. Sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. He just makes it look like we do. Because he's leading us and keeping us from going. It's those little decisions that that he helps us to make. That's his blessing. That's his favor. When the voice of God calls someone to him, and they come and accept Jesus as their savior, which is, as we learned last week, the only way that we can come to him, then they've obeyed the first calling of his voice. Some people say, well, I'm gonna pray to God and ask him to give me an answer. Understand, the first call that you have to answer is the call to come. A person that is not saved does not have an open, an open dialect, an open conversation with God, because the first thing you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I thought for years that just because I knew about God, I could I could hear God and talk to God, but understand I had to come into a relationship with God. So the first, the first voice that I have to answer is the voice that says, Come to me. It's the voice that hopefully these children hear as they grow up in church, as their parents teach them. It's the voice that as we get older that we might hear. Maybe we're in a place where we didn't really realize you have to come by accepting Jesus later on in life. We hear that and then we, we obey that voice. We follow that voice. That's the voice of salvation that says you can't come to God except one way and that's through Jesus. But then if you come and accept his salvation, do you realize that you're given the presence of God inside of you, living inside of you, So then you get his leading, his leadership, all the time inside of you. It's amazing. Romans 1 tells us, and you don't have to turn there, that even those that don't believe are born with the ability to know right from wrong. You know, every person God created, he put in them a conscience, whether saved or lost, to where they would know because they're created by God, right and wrong. They don't have it defined, but they know it. But then they know, when they have an opportunity to answer that voice of Jesus' calling, that it's right. Now, once somebody gets saved, anybody gets saved in here? Anybody saved in here? Glory to God. When you get saved, what happens? Listen, that voice becomes an everyday leading voice. That voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says in John chapter 16. Jesus was telling his disciples, John 16, this is verse 12 through 15 since we've been in John. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus is explaining to his disciples that once his presence is gone from this earth, then his presence will indwell every single believer that accepts him as their sacrifice. So if you're saved, you have the voice of God living inside of you. We do not have an excuse for disobeying. All we have are other voices that we try to justify and make excuses, right? So why do we have problems identifying God's voice as the voice that's telling us what to do or not to do? And the answer is because we have these competing voices inside of us. We're born with these competing voices. We have a sin nature. The devil is a voice that comes in all kind of other voices that try to tell us what to do to mislead us. He's that stranger. He wants to mislead us, especially if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, then his voice will speak to you, but you're already going the wrong path. So he's not going to mislead you. He's just going to say, continue. And then he's going to instruct all those around you to continue to mislead by By being able to put out here in the world these false messages that say that you don't have to come to God this way. But if you're a Christian, he wants to be that competing voice. How does he compete with the voice of God? Well, what the devil does is he uses our own selfish desires. He uses what we really want to do. Right? This voice is made up of our intellect. This is what I think in my infinite wisdom. It's made up of my logic. It's made up of my selfishness. It's made up of our desire for sensual pleasure. That voice is made up of all these things, but I'm not through. It's made up of our pride. And it's made up of our desire to do what we want to do in spite of what God says. That's what that voice is made up, And that voice is speaking to us all the time. You're lying if you say that it isn't. So how do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? I'm going back to that simple shepherd sheep. I've convinced myself before that, hey, this is, must be what God wants me to do. When actually, It was what I wanted to do. And I used that other voice and I hung God's tag on it. Whether you like it or not, we always think that when he says in those commandments, don't take the Lord thy God, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. When you hang, hang God's name on something he didn't say, you're taking his name in vain. These things we all struggle with But the purpose of the message today is to be able to leave here and say, I know his voice. So how are we supposed to know it's God's voice speaking to us? Well, you know, the Bible gives us the answers, and I want to give them to you today. Anybody interested? So 1 John, toward the end of your Bible, 1 John, same author, it's John. 1 John chapter 4, how do you know it's the voice? Well, if you're saved, how many people know you have the voice of the Holy Spirit in you? If you do, say amen. Amen. Well, that's the voice that's trying to lead you. But these other voices that are trying to mislead you, well, they're a spirit also. They're just not the Holy Spirit. That means they're an invisible voice inside of you. Don't get scared. This is the way it really works. So what does John tell us to do? He said, if you want to know which voice it is, test the spirits. Don't just do which one makes sense to you and which one feels good at this time. Test the spirits. Listen to 1 John 4. I'll read verse 1 through 6. Beloved, speaking to believers, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. That means test them whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and that is that spirit of the Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Year of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Why is this important? Well, he tells us to test the spirits, try the spirits. There's more than one voice. Spirits is plural here. So we're to put the voices to the test like this morning. It wasn't just the audible sound of my voice. Paisley and Owen knew that I would never tell them to disobey their parents. But do you realize that they will both be in a situation this week where they will be tempted to disobey their parents, maybe even today. They'll know that they shouldn't. But there will be this desire inside of them to impress their own will to justify what it is they're doing can i get a witness that this happened to us and at that point they will have to depend on that voice and the testing of that voice now, this testing is not something that you take an hour to do it's something that can happen immediately or it is something in a long decision that when you begin to think about day after day and you're troubled and you're worried then you realize that, hey, you're actually testing that voice. You don't have peace about it. The Holy Spirit always calls man to God through Jesus. So a false spirit tells man that there's another way besides the salvation that Jesus offers. He said in verse 4, you're of God. So he's speaking to Christians, those who are saved. He says the voice of God in you is greater than any of the voices that are not God. The voices that are not God will not support God, but the voice that is God will never contradict himself. He distinguishes between the voice of the spirit calling it truth and the voice of the devil calling it error. So we have to be able to test these voices of the different spirits. What do you mean these different spirits? Well, I would have you to know that there are many different spirits that come upon us. We give in to these spirits, the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of depression, the spirit of anger, the spirit of lust, the spirit of envy, the spirit of unrighteousness, the spirit of unfaithfulness, they come upon us. You say, oh well, man, this sounds scary. I don't know how I can, I don't know how I can get by. Well, we, just, we just read this. If you're saved, you have a voice that's greater than those voices. It's greater than those voices. That means that it can be a voice that leads you in spite of all those other voices. You say, well, I want to know, how can I hear his voice more clearly? Does anybody want to know, how can I hear his voice more clearly? Can I tell you? Listen, it's not a long answer. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him to be louder than these other voices. Matthew chapter 7. Listen to verse 7 and 8 of Matthew chapter 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth it. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So many times we fail to do the simplest thing. Ask. Sometimes we don't want to ask because we're afraid that God will tell us something we don't want to know. I've said it before, and you've laughed about this, but Even for these young people, I've tried to tell them, please keep yourself pure. Respect God's order. When you go out on these dates and all of a sudden you're by yourself and you're you're listening to the voices inside of your head and you have these voices. Well, I love him. I want to be with him and I don't want him to not love me. So here we are and what do we do? Should I give myself to him or should I not? What should I do, Pastor? I don't want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you stop right now and ask God. Y'all stop in the back seat of that car and pray about it before you do anything. See how that goes for you. Ask him to be the loudest voice. And then after you have prayer, whatever feels right, okay? Because if you truly have prayer and ask the Lord, his voice will be the loudest. You say, that's what they need to know. What about us? I'm way past the back seat. What about me? What about you? Well, I've got other decisions in life. And I hear voices that lead me, my own selfish desires. Here's what I need to do. So what do you need to do? Well, I need to ask him to be the loudest voice. I need to be able to pray to him and, and really know that He's my shepherd. If I follow him, I will always be taken care of. Go back to Deuteronomy 28. Read that again. You listen to my voice and I will bless you. Why would I want to follow myself? How many people will say I have led myself down the wrong road many times with my decision? Can I get a witness? Why do I keep listening to me? When the shepherd wants to lead me. When I want to fear When I want to worry, why do I keep listening to me? Let his voice be the loudest. How do you do it? Ask. Ask God to be the loudest. And then so many times I I realized that I wasn't putting myself in a position to hear his voice. If I was in that sheepfold and he was calling, I was busy doing something else. I was talking to some other sheep or messing around trying to get out of the fence, right? So I'm I'm trying to personify this, but I had something else going on. I had my own agenda inside of that sheepfold, right? So when he's calling, everybody else is going, but I've got something going on. I wasn't putting myself in a position to hear his voice. What do you mean put yourself in a position to hear his voice? The first position you put yourself in to hear his voice is the position of prayer. If you don't have dialogue with God... Then you're not gonna be familiar with his voice. You need to be talking with him. Sometimes, you know, now we have caller ID, it tells us somebody's name whenever it comes up. But you know, before that, I always liked when somebody called and you could hear a couple of words and you'd say, Hey, they'd say, How'd you know it was me? Well, I recognized your voice. Especially somebody that you talk to all the time. I, I think I could tell within the first couple of words, anybody that I'm talking to on a regular basis any day. Parents, would you know your children's voice within two words? Why? Because you're in open conversation with them. you get what I'm saying? How many times do we fail to have continual conversation with God and so his voice His voice is one that's mixed in there, but it's not one that we're talking to every time. But if you're consistently praying, how clear is it when his voice comes? See, praying, a conversation, that's not you talking to God. That's actually you talking to God, but then listening. You see, we can get in a pattern of going in and finding our place to pray and being obedient. And God, listen, here's what I want to do. And I'm going to give you this praise and I'm going to ask you to forgive me. And then I'm going to give you this list of things that I would really love for you to do. And this is my prayer life. And I've talked to God and I've asked God to, to be able to, to bless Rick and, and to be able to bless Greg and Tanya and, and Donald, name you. I've prayed for them. Right. That's not a conversation. The conversation is, is when you listen. See, a conversation takes back and forth. You ever talk to somebody that didn't listen? I can't stand that guy. Right? How many times do we stop and listen? You know, I got in a habit when I was praying, and I would go to a place to pray. I'd get through with my prayer, and I realized sometimes that I was no more through with my prayer. My body had started to move to get up and go do what I was going to do. It was moving as I finished talking. It would be like me sitting here and talking to Greg and saying something to Greg for, for 10, 15 minutes. And then, boom, immediately when I got through, I turned and walked away. What did I miss? I missed the response what a conversation is, the response. Every time we get through with a message and we have an invitation, it's a time of response. Anytime that you have a prayer and you're you're being able to pray to God, stop and listen. Take time. I guarantee you, take time being still. When you get through praying today, stop. Don't say a thing and listen. You say, well, I hear a voice speak. God will respond. You don't hear an audible voice. God responds. He lets things come through your mind. It's just, as he said, be still. Know that I'm God. Listen to me. Your prayer life. Well, then what next? Well, if you want to know his voice, you have to be familiar with his voice. There's no better way to be familiar with his voice than the Holy Scriptures. You see, the Holy Scriptures are called the Holy Scriptures because when you hear the word holy, that means of God. God. That means that these scriptures were not written by Moses. They weren't written by Jeremiah or Isaiah. Yes, they were used to write, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's what we're told. Inspiration of God means it's God-breathed. So it, the scriptures reveal God to us. That's God telling us. That's God's voice in the scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, right? All scripture. There's not a scripture that you don't hear God's voice in. Well, what if we? Well, what's the benefit? Well, yeah, I guess I should have told you first Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It's profitable for these ways. You tell me. The shepherd's trying to lead us. It's profitable for doctrine. That means teaching us what is right. It's profitable for reproof. That means telling us what we're doing wrong. It's profitable for correction. You say, isn't that the same as telling us what we're doing wrong? No, that's doing something about what you're doing wrong. And then instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto good works the holy scriptures you see the written word of god from genesis to revelation show us the mind of god so that we know that if we have a voice telling us to do something that contradicts god's word then listen everybody listen clearly if you have a voice telling you to do something that contradicts god's word it is not god's voice it's not the voice of the shepherd When you read John 14, it talks about the Holy Spirit. You don't have to turn here, but you get to verse 26 and it will tell you that this comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends, he'll teach you all things and bring all things unto your remembrance. And so Jesus was saying, hey, disciples, when the Holy Spirit gets in you, he'll bring up things that I told you before so that you can remember, so that you can go the right direction. You realize that God does the same way with us, with the Holy Scriptures, why is it so important for us to, to be to where we can hear the word of God? Why is it so important? You know, churches today, we're one of the few churches that still bring their Bibles. Yes, you might put it on the sp- on the screen, but I want you to, to have your Bible. I want you to know that you can read the word of God and you need to read the word of God. And listen. You don't want to have it to where you've got, hey, here's the sermon, and this is from this version, and this is from this version, and this is from this version. Because sometimes we try to make the Bible say what we want it to say. If you can't take it out of a version, uh, one version, then you're trying to manipulate the word. You say, "Well, it helps people to understand. The Holy Spirit gives you understanding. Try a little harder. He'll open your mind. Now, I'm not preaching version here or version there. I'm just saying, don't jump around from version to version to version to version because it's clear to see, hey, you're trying to say what you're trying to say through whatever you're trying to read. God doesn't need any help saying what he needs to say. He gives you understanding. How is that? The Holy Spirit inspired every word written in here, right? And then when you get saved, the Holy Spirit is able to show you every word written in here. As a pastor, I stand up here depending on the Holy Spirit to show me what to preach and how to preach it. As somebody who's listening to that, then the Holy Spirit is in agreement with what is said. You know when you sit in here. Hey, I'm in agreement with it. Why? The Holy Spirit agrees with it. Now, somebody that's not saved or somebody that's away, and they've got those competing voices, they come in here like I did to my pastor sometime, and I say, I don't want to hear that anymore. Why? That voice was going to mess up. What I wanted to do. I couldn't leave there feeling good. Why? Well, I knew I was going to go in there and he was going to tell me what I was doing was wrong. We get like that. We just don't want to hear that voice, do we? David said this, and I love it. Well, I say David. It's Psalms 119. Some believe it's David. Some believe it's Daniel. Some believe it's Ezra. That's another debate. The psalmist said this in Psalms 119, verse Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I could win every scripture memorization contest? No. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I could act like I know more about the Bible? No. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Because what the Holy Spirit does, it's that voice that says okay. In a world that says it's right or it's okay, For a man to be with a man and a woman to be with a woman, I've got a scripture that I've hid in my heart that says that's clearly wrong. In a world that says, hey, it's up to you and the convenience of life for you to be able to kill whoever you want to be able to kill, even if we don't classify them as being killed uh, alive by science or whatever. No, I've got verses in the Bible that tell me uh, against that. In a verse that says, hey, listen, it's okay to step outside of my marriage covenant or to step inside of somebody else's marriage covenant. No, the Bible tells me that's wrong. I've heard that word, I've got it in my heart, so the Holy Spirit brings it back up so I know that I'm going after the stranger's voice. And I don't want to admit it, I don't want to admit it. But what will happen is if I refuse to listen to it, like the judgment of Israel, I'll find myself in a famine, a famine of God's word. And that's where we found ourselves as a country today. So what do you need to do in a famine? Well, we've got a source right here. We're going to keep going to the source, right? Because God is still speaking. Souls are still getting saved. Lives are still getting changed. So what do you need to do? Keep bringing yourself to the sound of the word of God. That's the leading. I have to move on. I want to tell you, it's not just your prayer life. It's not just being in the scripture, but also, you know, the Bible tells us if you want to be able to hear his voice, do you know, that you need to come to him in praise and singing. You need to come to him in worship and fellowship I'm going to read you a couple of different passages here. You won't have time to turn, but write it on your notes. This is Ephesians 5, verse 17 through 19. It says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord. Be not drunk with wine wherein is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourself. Listen, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. God wants us to sing to him so that we can hear the Holy Spirit clearly speak to us. You say, is that why we do that at church? Yes. We come to him in praise. Listen to Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You realize that we're not just coming to church here and saying, hey, go to church. Do you realize this is where we're, we're, we're knowing we're going to come assembling two or three are gathered in his name. We're going to hear the word of God. So is God's presence going to be here where you're gathered in my name. I'm going to be there. You sing praise to God. He says, Hey, come into his presence with thanksgiving, come into his presence with praise. He wants us to sing to him. So, Hey, if you want to hear God, then you should be able to go to a place where, you know, all those things are going on. And then who's in this place? Well, it could be a bunch of Pharisees that want to judge each other. It shouldn't be. What it should be is a bunch of people who are hearing the voice of God. So if one of the sheep begins not to hear the voice of God, then the other ones can stand on the voice of the shepherd and pull the other one back in and love and say, your father did not tell you that. Jesus did not lead you that way. I love you. I've been misled this way, but Jesus would never lead you that way. That's what a loving church body does. They don't judge. They don't condemn. They say you're not following the voice. What does that do? That opens up conviction in the person that's following the wrong voice. What a church body is supposed to do. Love each other. You see that distracted sheep. Be able to tap him on the shoulder. Say, well, hey, this is the first time I hadn't seen you in a while. hard to hear when you're not in his presence. It's hard to keep familiar with his voice. You say, oh, I can do it on my own. Yeah, I've tried that too. Anybody tried that? And I'll tell you what, there's a blessing you can come to a place where you know you're going to hear his voice. Last thing is focusing on godly things. You want to hear his voice, keep focusing on the right thing. A lot of this will depend on what you're watching, what you're listening to, what series you're watching on TV right now. That would say languages that you would never, ever allow in your house. But if I spoke like that in here today, y'all would get up and leave. But you're able to watch it and continue to watch it and say, man, you got to see this. This is good in the name of drama. And it's not even real. Set your mind on godly things. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9. Let me read this. Be careful. That means be anxious For nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Listen to this, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard or keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen to me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And even Christians, we get to the point where, hey, listen, God tells us what we need to do, what we focus on. But listen, we want to be up on current events. So there's one hour of TV that we watch every night because our favorite person on our news channel gives that news. And we sit and listen to them. When's the last time they offered the plan of salvation on there? When's the last time they said there was one and only true living God? No, they keep you mad is what they do. They keep you mad and upset and stirred. We've got reason to be stirred, but don't set your mind on that. Know that it's going on. Set your mind on things above. Wednesday night, we've been reading in the book of Colossians, and the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians that if you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. Set your mind on godly things. So what are we saying? Well, That position, putting yourself in a position of, of being able to hear. Do you hear him? Well, if your are prayer life, you're putting yourself under the sound of the word, you're singing, praising him, fellowshipping together. And if you're focusing on godly things or things above, hey, you're putting yourself in a position to know his voice. And you know that. We all know this. Haven't told you anything you didn't know. I just wanted to give you his words, the scripture. Let me close. The, The voice of God, first of all, will call you to come. Amen? The voice of God Calls us not just to come, but understand, as we read in John 10, his sheep know his voice and they follow him. He doesn't call you just to come and get his salvation, he calls you to follow. That means to continue to go where he says to go. We don't need to be naive, we need to know there are competing voices. The devil uses other voices that appeal to our sin nature because those voices are things we actually want. We should test those voices to see whether they're of God, but then how do, you, how do you have an unfair advantage? Ask God to be the loudest voice. Matthew 7 says, ask him. Put yourself in a position to hear his voice through prayer, through reading of the scripture, through singing and praising him, through fellowshipping together, and through setting your mind on godly things. So we've covered all this today. My question is, do you know his voice? You might have known his voice stronger in times past, but something's happened and All these other competing voices, you say, what do I need to do today? Respond. How do you respond? He wants you to follow him. He loves you. He wants you to come and ask him to be the loudest voice. Help me, God. Help me to know your voice is the loudest. Every Christian, that should be a part of our prayer. Help me to know your voice is the loudest if you know you haven't followed his voice and you followed other things and you don't have that peace right now, then you come. You come just as a sheep would and say, Father, I've been following my own voice. I'm convicted of my own pride, of my own selfishness, of my own desire. I want to make it right with you. You see, there's some people that just need to come and ask for help because they're following now. There are some people that just need to come and ask for help because they need to come back. They, they've started following another way. And there's some people that need to just come and ask because they've never began to follow. And they need to accept Jesus as their Savior. I don't know which one of you, you are today. But everybody in this room needs help with this, amen? Amen. Do you know his voice? Is it so clear to you that you can have the peace in every day knowing I'm doing what the Lord would have me to do? Why do I need to know that? That's when his blessings will be on you. Father God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for this day and I thank you, Lord, for your word, how true it is. I pray, God, that you would minister today, Lord, during this time of invitation if there's someone here that's lost. I pray, God, Lord, they would be convicted even now, Lord, and be compelled to come knowing that they don't truly know your voice. They haven't answered and asked you to come into their life and be their Savior. They might have known of you, but there's never been a time they've asked for that salvation. I pray, God, they would see that need today and come. I pray for every believer in this room, Lord, that may have drifted away and they're listening to another voice. They're being misled and they realize it right now. This is not your voice that I'm following. God, as they come today and ask God for that forgiveness, restore them, Lord, and lead them in the right path. Let them leave here, Lord, encouraged and enthused, knowing. Lord, that you're going to lead them right. And Lord, for those that are trying to follow right now that want to come and just ask for your voice to continue to be the loudest, to be that strength, Lord, I pray you would answer that. Give them a peace of knowing, God, that you're willing to speak to them on an everyday basis. You're willing to lead because you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.